Welcome to Bear Archery's Hunting 101 podcast, where hunters new and old come to learn and find inspiration from stories of hunts gone by. Everyone is welcome to enjoy the outdoor way of life, and there is no better time to start than right now. So let's head into the great outdoors with your host, Dylan Ray. Good morning, everyone, and welcome to Bear Archery's Hunting 101 podcast, as always, presented by our good friends over at Scentlock. Uh, we're talking spring bear hunting, um, bear hunting in the mountains, um, and that's a question I get asked a lot, is what gear do you run from Scentlock when you're headed out west? To answer that question, I actually move over to... Um, the blocker outdoor side of things, which is also owned by Nexus outdoors. Um, there's that, that line of gear is a little more tailored to the West. Um, so if you're headed out West for a spring bear hunt, I would highly recommend you go check out blocker outdoors, um, for their, for their Western style gear. Um, still phenomenal gear. Um, obviously I rave about Scentlock a whole lot more because that's their white tail system, uh, of sorts. And, and that's what I live and die on. But if I'm headed out West, I certainly look to the blocker side of things. Uh, so I would highly recommend you to go check that out. I've got a special guest on the phone, Mr. Waylon Herzing of Ace Outfitters. Waylon, how are you, man? Doing good. How you doing? Man, I am absolutely wonderful. How's the weather up there? Uh, it's a little cold and rainy for this time of year, but we've been getting a few bears. Got yeah, I was, talking, I was talking to a friend yesterday um, there in Montana, um, and I was sitting in 97-degree weather, and he was sitting in about a foot of snow, and I'm like, dude, I'm a little jealous. <laughs> well, we're ready for warm weather. It makes a few more of these bear come out, but yeah. we got one yesterday and one the day before off baits. We still have hunters on up in camp right now, but awesome, man. No, I actually, uh, I'm excited cause I head to salt Lake, uh, on Thursday, uh, tomorrow morning, um, uh, tomorrow when this airs, but I had to salt Lake, um, and I was checking the weather there and it's like 40 to 60 and I'm like, praise God. Cause it's 98 here today. So <laughs> I'm looking forward to a little bit cooler weather. Wow. 98 seems really hot. Oh, it is for sure, man. Um, which I, I do got to give this up. Go ahead. 45 degrees here this morning. Oh, that's awesome, dude. That's awesome. Anything above 60 is too hot for me. <laughs> Hunting weather still right here. Yeah. Um, let me, let me do give a quick plug for that though. Our good friends, uh, Pope and young, uh, we're headed to salt Lake for, uh, to go to the Baku center. Um, Baku e-bikes, Baku Center, uh, Weber County Archery Park. Uh, we're going to have a, a bow hunters bash. So we've got all day long, Saturday the 14th, uh, fun shooting bows, hanging out. Um, we're going to have an auction. We're going to have uh, some raffle items. The door prize just for coming is a Baku bike. Um, I, I don't know a, a door prize much better than that. So uh, come hang out with us at the Baku Center um, this Saturday the 14th in Ogden, Utah. Um, Waylon, give us a quick introduction to yourself, man. How you got started in the outfitter uh, game and kind of kind of what you do now? Well, it's probably 15 years ago I started guiding for a friend, just doing him a favor. I had a concrete business and started just getting into it more and more. I mean, we live here in Riggins, Idaho. It's, I can literally, there's help out this window right behind me. Yeah, and we're living, We live right in the middle of the animal. So it's a town of 500 people, so it's pretty small. But I slowly started... I went in partners with a guy at Ace Outfitters. He kind of was a silent partner and then eventually bought him out. 
start doing my own thing. But the way we do it's we only take a certain amount of hunters out of each camp, so we don't overhunt it. So like our bear hunts, you sit on a bait, it's not it's not uncommon to see four or five, six bear on each bait that we have. We'll have seven or eight bait sites for that camp. So it's the way we do it, we make it a really fun hunt for everybody. They all get to see bear. They all come back. So it's pretty neat hunt, really. It's it's where, you know, you go to Canada and guys do 60, 70 bear hunters because that's they're just a bear hunter outfitter. So we're we're big game. We do everything, deer, elk, mountain lion. So the bear park's just a small part of what we do, but we do it big when we do it. What elevation are you at there? Well, Riggins is at 1850. And my first camp that we have right now going is at about 2,000 feet, so it's fairly low. So in two weeks, I'll have another camp up high. It's about 4,800. But we can't even get up there. I mean, it snowed last night. Just barely above me, it snowed right here last night. So yeah, we got to have a little snow melt before I get to that other camp. Hopefully, I usually hunt there at the end of May, from about May 27th to June 7th. I'll do... Four hunters per week, so we do eight hunters total over there in two weeks. But Very that cool. time of year, snow starts melting, and they start coming out of their dens and start getting some big ones. Now, where are you? Where are you located at? We're located in Riggins, Idaho. Where's that uh, at? Like two and a half hours that... north of Boise. Okay, it's right on the Salmon River. Okay, literally right out my window, hundred feet away is the Salmon River. Awesome. Are you familiar with Atlanta, Idaho at all? Yep, a little bit. By Idaho City, that way. Uh, I'm not sure. A uh, little bitty town of like 10 people in the mountains. Yep. But I uh, I was on a hunt there, um, uh, what was it, 20, maybe 2019, and uh, I stumbled upon Atlanta, Idaho, and I'm like, this place is awesome, dude. You want to talk about some backwoods? You want to talk about some... some uh, I don't think anybody there is going to listen, uh, for sure. But some, some backwoods, hillbilly, redneck mountain people. Oh, it was awesome. dude! I felt right at home. Perfect. That's my kind of place. Yeah. No kidding, man. I mean, I could tell you stories. Um, some probably not, I should say on air, but, um, I mean, just hilarious people, man. I met this old man. I got to tell this story. We were walking out of this. There was one little restaurant in town. They had a little burger bar joint. And so we come off the mountain for a day and and uh, and we were going to, you know, take a break at base camp and go back up for another three days or four days. And the guy we were hunting with, I don't know if you're familiar with SNS Archery, uh, but that's the people we were hunting with. Uh, they're out of out of Boise. And uh, his name's Rob, the guy that runs SNS. He's like, well, there's a little mountain town, you know, 20 miles up the road. And if we go up there, we can have a, a nice hot meal. And I'm like, deal. Um, and so we drive up to this Atlanta, Idaho, and and we have a burger. And we walk out, and there's this old man sitting on the front porch. And uh, we start talking to him. And and uh, I'm talking like real Waylon Jennings type looking dude. And uh, and I said, so what do you do for a living, man? And we'd been talking for five or so minutes. And he says, whatever the heck I want to do. You know, I don't care. Like, I'll just do whatever. And I'm do like, okay, there you go. And so we talked for a few more minutes and I'm like, well, Hey, see you, man. Uh, you know, we'll, we'll, we'll probably be back after our hunt, grab another bite before we head out or whatever. And, and maybe, you know what this means? Cause apparently it's an Idaho thing, but he said, Hey, you boys keep the dusty side up. And I'm like, all right, then cool. Yeah. It's like keeping the shiny side up, I guess. Your pickup. 
<laughs> I don't know. That makes sense. But keeping the dusty side up, I don't, I don't know. But uh, I think that's what he meant. But it was two o'clock, and he was a few beers in. So who knows what he, yeah, actually he probably, meant. I drank his breakfast. Yeah, no kidding. But that has become a saying between mine and my friends: keep the dusty side up. And that's I've always cool. wanted to put that on a T-shirt or something, but I just never have. Um, but yeah, that dude, he was something special for sure. That's cool. All stuff sticks with you like that. Yeah, no kidding, man. Um, all right, so walk me through. Baiting is fully 100% illegal in Idaho, yep. um, which, which I am perfectly fine with. Um, however, the, the bear hunt that I was on in Idaho, we did not. We were, we were back country, spot and stalking, do it yourself, and we were incredibly not successful. Um, and then we get done hunting, and we head back to uh, S&S, and um, one of the guys was like, well, you do know the success rate is like 2% for that. Right. And we're like, Oh, great. Glad we did it then. <laughs> so walk me through kind of some of the tactics you use, um, in these, in these, uh, in these springtime bear hunts. Well, I mean, the main thing is you got to start baiting and get them on a schedule before the hunters get here. So I do a minimum of two weeks of baiting, like 14 days before my first hunters will show up. That way you kind of have them on a schedule and I don't feed them a lot. I feed them enough where they, they're kind of racing each other there. You put a barrel out right. and fill it up. seems like the bear come in at night, you know, the big ones, they don't want to, they don't want to be seen in the daytime. So they'll come out at night. So the way I do it, it's kind of, I, I make them come in the daytime. Pretty much we train them what time to come. We right. got a little trick we do to make them come in the day. It's really been working good. All the clients I've had have been on a lot of bear hunts and they're always impressed because how many bear we have on each bait it's it's the just how you manage your population i mean if you, if you took twice as many hunters it wouldn't be near as good the next year so it's kind of you got to manage the bear population for your deer and elk and you got to manage it for actual for hunters for clients so yeah equals out both ways yeah i uh it's been long since since that first uh, bear hunt in Idaho. I felt first off, I fell in love with Idaho. It's incredible. Um, sec- oh, it's it's phenomenal, dude. I, I still, you know, I've got pictures of that place, and people are just like, dude, that's not that's not real. Like that's not a. And I'm like, hundred percent. Like I stood there. It's gorgeous, man. Beautiful. And I fell in love with Idaho, and it's been well, my dream to come back and be successful with a bear hunt in Idaho. Well, I know a guy can make that happen for you. <laughs> <laughs> I bet you know a couple. <laughs> yep, I <laughs> no, I, uh, I I saw this. Maybe you can speak to this. I don't know. Um, Bam Marshall from Wishes for Warriors. Uh, he put out a video not too long ago about kind of a spring bear tactic, and it was like a it was like this sugary dust. And he said, "I'll sprinkle it around my bait site because what'll happen is when a bear steps in that, it crystallizes on their feet because it's a sugary substance. It crystallizes on their feet." And then they're tramping it through the woods, leaving trails right back to my bait site. Um, yep, exactly. Have you ever tried that? So we use fry grease, which is it's old fry grease in the restaurants. The restaurants clean out their deep fryers. They put it out back. You know, we grab it. So that's all over the bait. I put it everywhere. So it's all over their feet. We use peanut butter, too. So I, I buy a lot of bait from Lucky 7 Bear Baits. And I think they're in Minnesota. They ship it here. So that peanut butter, that grease gets on their feet, and they start leaving these trails. Well, just like you're saying, any bear that comes across that hits that trail comes right back to the bait. So yeah, the more bear you got coming in, that they're, they're just leading them. They're leaving a trail right back to it. That's awesome. Like leaving a trail of crumbs. That's awesome. Um, 
what kind of bait do you run? The the one baited bear hunt I was on, uh, the dudes were melting down white chocolate and mixing corn with it and, and making almost like a like a chocolate brittle but with corn. Um so and the use, bears uh, loved it. I use a lot of granola, so I'll buy these two thousand pound boxes of granola, dry granola from it's lucky seven bear baits. I think they get it from factories and stuff that's been past inspection. And I get trail mix. So I had to get that and I mix uh you can buy birthday cake icing. Oh, mix, yeah. all, mix it with hot water and dump in the buckets. And then we mix a little fry grease in there too. So each bucket I mix up at my house before I leave for each bait. It's all mixed up. And then we'll rub that frosting on the trees. A little bit of liquid smoke. Liquid smoke draws them in. Have you tried that? Uh, have you tried that wind scent? I haven't. It's pretty cool. Um, it's like a vaporizer that you put out, and it heats it up and and puts it out. And they've got one. Um, they've got a scent called Donut Shop. Uh, and I know some friends out in Oregon where you can't bait. They use that Donut Shop, and uh, bears love it. Oh, I bet. Yeah, I can yeah, sit there and cook bacon, eat the yeah. bacon all day. <laughs> yeah, no kidding. Uh, then you might be part of the snack, though. Yeah, um, real quick, I do want to talk about that. Before, before we get too much further, I do need to give a quick thank you to our friends over at Forerunner Blinds. Um, speaking of Baku, um, Forerunner Blinds is my is the place where I shop for my Baku bikes. Um, they're a Baku dealer, and they'll hook you up on some great prices. But they've also they've developed this blind, and it's a phenomenal system that you can pull behind your bike. Um, and so you hook it onto to your bike and you can move this blind around anywhere you want. Um, phenomenal system, uh, huge windows, uh, for bow hunters. Now for the mountains, this is phenomenal because you don't have to have a cheap pop-up blind, um, that's going to get blown around and beat up, but you also have a way to transport your big, heavy blind. Uh, you don't get flat wheels. They're powder coated aluminum framing. That's got the receiver hitch built onto it awesome blind system i would highly recommend you go check it out um i use it on my on my farm in oklahoma and what's great about it is i can hunt with one blind in several different locations and it takes me minutes to move hook it up to the bike pull it across the farm set it hunt go check out forerunner blinds at forerunnerblinds.com um have you ever ran into any aggressive bears um yeah no i mean it's so i'll bait for a couple weeks these bears see me a lot of, a lot of times i walk into a bait and there's a bear laying on he's guarding it you know big bear he'll go 50 yards and sit there and pop his jaw and watch me bait it is where sometimes i'll walk in there and there's a salad cubs and they kind of they, they charge you more you know so i've had to not bait it before i walk in there and she wouldn't leave she's got cubs there they went up the tree right by a bait so if that happens i'll just walk away and give her space a lot of times i'll keep baiting that bait if she, there's a sound cubs on it, but I won't hunt it. I'll keep her there. So she doesn't go to my other baits. Basically keep feeding her. So she stays in that spot and I won't hunt it. Cause we don't want to, I don't want hunters dealing with sows and cubs. Sometimes they come in without cubs and they don't wait long enough. You know, a guy could end up shooting a sow that has cubs. I've never had that happen, but I preach it a lot not to do that. Yeah. So that's kind of how I avoid it is if I have a sound cub sitting at bait a lot, instead of not baiting it and having her go look for more bait, I'll keep her on that bait and just keep feeding her until I'm done hunting that area. But th they gotcha. seem to be the more aggressive is the salad cubs. And they're just, I mean, it's more of a bluff charge. 
once you know that it's you're all right you give them a little space let them charge it and they'll usually leave now is there a way to tell um is there a way to tell this might be a loaded question might be a stupid question is there a way to tell that sal's got cubs without her cubs being there like like you said sometimes they come in and it you're looking 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 for cubs and they don't come in with them um and then you shoot them and they've got milk on their tits you know and you're like oh crap uh, is there yeah, a way to tell that? I've never been able to tell is remote, like we treat them like coming in on a bait. I could never tell, but like in a tree, you can look up and say, Oh yeah, she's, she's definitely got cubs somewhere. They're not yeah. here, but I've seen it before. And they're like, yeah, we're not shooting this bear. Yeah. So, so the, it's really it's no really way to tell if they're just on the ground. Like if you're hunting. Right. That's the only, I don't think I've ever developed a way to tell unless I'm hunting the area to have a lot of cameras out. We run a lot of shell cameras. I say, yeah, that's that sow, right? That, you know, if she's a distinctive color. I'll say that's that sow for sure. He's got cubs somewhere. Speaking of distinctive color, uh, Idaho's pretty well diverse as far as color phase, aren't they? We're about 80% color phase. That's why everybody comes here to shoot a, I want a chocolate. I want a blonde. I want a cinnamon. How many many do you have? And I said, actually, like a a pure black bear is more rare here than a color phase, which is pretty cool. Which is cool. cool. Yeah, which is real cool. It means that our hunts sell easily that way. It's just everybody looks at our photos and, our success rate and our success rate has been a hundred percent. The guy doesn't That's shoot awesome. one. It's, it's because he was asleep. He basically. Yeah. <laughs> he sucks. <laughs> no. Exactly. no, um, because I hunted in Maine and you will never see a color phase there. They're black right. as can be. Um, and I was asking somebody why that is, you know, why? And I think you could, probably tell me if i'm wrong but i think idaho and new mexico are the best places for color phases um but i've been told that it's something to do with water like that's what will decide if a bear is well if a if a if an area will produce color phase bears or not is the amount of water in the area supposedly it's a lot of water is what does it is what makes them color phase yep and i mean I don't know if that's true scientifically, but it's kind of like maybe an old wise tale. I've never really looked that up. I kind of thought it was genetic. I mean, with Idaho, because a lot of these red bear, they're like labs. It seems like there'll be a red bear. It comes in. It's got two black cups. You know, it's like a black lab. We'll throw yellow labs, a chocolate and black. So, they're one of the only animals that, would, that do that really. It's kind of neat to see. Ah, this it really says throws, here. It really throws you off. Well, first off, I now want a glacier colored bear um, because <laughs> I just saw a picture of them and they're freaking sweet. Um, but it says here, east of the Great Plains, nearly all bears are black. Um, these were the first bears early settlers saw, hence the name. Uh, blah blah blah. In western states, they have mountain meadows and open park-like forests. Over half of the black bears are brown, cinnamon, or blonde. Light-colored fur reduces heat, stress, and open sunlight, and allows the bear to feed longer in open, food-rich habitats. The lighter-colored fur may also camouflage them from predators in these open areas. Uh, hence, why Maine doesn't have any. There are no open areas. Um, <laughs> Ice age predators undoubtedly used to kill black bears in open areas where the bears couldn't escape up trees. Very cool. That's cool to learn. 
Some non-black bears bleach in the sun. See, we have a lot of these bears feed in the open country a lot. So this time of year, they don't have anything to eat but grass. They come out, they start eating grass. And then the first thing they have to eat with an actual something food for them is elk calves and then fawns. But other than that, all they have is this time of year is grass. So they're always grazing. Yeah. So they're in the sunlight a lot, basically. Now, do you do any kind of spot and stalk bear hunts? If a guy wants to do it, yeah, we'll do whatever he wants. You could do that in the morning and then sit on baits in the evening. Or we'll run hounds in the morning and then sit on baits in the evening. So we'll do either Very one. Cool. Spot a lot of fun here, too. I mean, it's if you come here to do it, the success rate's pretty high. But I just I know exactly where to go. That's part of my appeal. It's part of my appeal to bear hunting. There's not many species that you can hunt, spot and stalk over baits with hounds. There's not many species that you can do that with. No, you can do all three. It's really neat. Yeah. It's a good selling point too. The guy guy says, well, how do you hunt them? I said, well, how would you prefer to hunt them? However you want. Yeah. I I mean, I'll hunt them however you want. I'll have fun doing it either way. Well, uh, it's just so you know, it's now become my life mission to kill a glacier colored black bear. Um, I don't know if you've ever seen one, but they look sweet. I don't know that we have glacier colored. Probably not. We've killed some really light colored blonde ones, which a blonde, blonde bear to most people that are bear hunters is a unicorn. Yeah. I started showing a picture. So like, I'm done. I'm coming there to hunt. That's cool. That's real cool. Um, what is your favorite way to hunt bears? Not most successful because that's probably bait, but your favorite way to chase them. I love running hounds, but we chase them all summer and let them go. I mean, we treat 35, 40 bear a year, take pictures and let them go. But just training with hounds, running hounds is a lot of fun. I mean, it's the success rate's highest with bait, of course. I mean, running with hounds is hard. Sometimes you don't train, you're running for four or five hours. And they won't treat, they have no intention to train. The big ones will just walk when they get tired. They'll fight the dogs off, but it's a lot of fun. It's a challenge, especially in this country on the Salmon River. It's just, it's straight up and down mountains. I mean, running hounds here, you got to be in really good shape. There's nothing flat here. To find a flat camp spot is almost impossible. Yeah, I can but, look right out your window and tell that pretty easily. Yeah. I mean, it's, I kind of have it aimed towards the window so you can see, but it's just straight up and down, like literally. See, I live, so, in, I, I live in Kansas where there's 17 foot of elevation change across the whole state. Well, I get a lot of hunters from back there. They're like, well, what's the elevation change in a day? And I'm like, well, bear hunting, not a lot. But we're elk hunting, we're going to drop 1,500 feet or climb 1,500 feet, give or take. You know, my elk camp's at 7,600 feet. So there's not a lot of air up there. People have trouble breathing. Now, I I did. I had to go to a – I had to go to one of the 3D shoots last year, and it was at – everything for the shoot was above 10,000 feet where we slept. like the vendor area, uh, the shots started above 10,000 feet. And I got there and I was struggling hardcore. Like, and I haven't struggled like that with elevation for a while, but problem was there was no acclimation period. Like it was get out and we're going, you know? Um, right. And it was rough. Uh, it was on, uh, where was it at? Uh, I want to say, I don't know. Uh, anyways, uh, but it was really cool. Um, but I remember like trying to sleep at night, couldn't sleep, uh, like struggled hard, man. Yeah. The air's real thin. If you're not like a lot of guys that come from sea level, I get a lot of Texas guys, a lot of guys live on the coast. They come and they just, I mean, the first four or five days, they're just struggling. By the time they leave, they're like, I'm finally getting used to this. 
It's just, it's not the muscles. You, you walk 10 feet and you're out of breath when you're not used to it. I get used yeah. to it over the weeks being up there, but it's really hard to walk around that elevation. The bear hunting up there is easy because it only have to be 200 yards off the road. Our baits are all fairly close to the road, some kind of skid road. So you're not dropping a bunch of elevation when you're packing bait in and out. But do you do you recommend for hunters to come in early for that acclimation period? Yeah, and I mean, yeah, no. A lot of guys can't do that. Like they don't have the opportunity to do that. But once they've been here once, they just know they need to train a little bit. Yeah, they need to just get in shape, do everything you can, hike, put your pack on. The best way to get in shape for it is to hike with a pack on. Put thirty five pounds in a pack. And go somewhere and walk around up and I mean the biggest hill you have. Yeah. Because if you run on the treadmill or stair step or any of that, it doesn't use the muscles that you actually use when you're side hilling or any of that with a pack on right. weight on. So you put a pack with weight on, you start side hilling across this terrain, and it's just they're using muscles they didn't train for, they didn't use training. Yeah. There is ways to do it too. Like if there's anybody who can say I don't have the option to do that, it's me. Um, like I literally all around me is wheat fields. Um, but I go to our city dam, like the dam that, that, you know, most people can find one. Um, and I'll put a pack on, I'll throw a, a dumbbell or a, a plate on the back of my pack or a sandbag and just walk up, down, side, across, um, yep. just, just walk. And, uh, and if not, you know, find a, a hill on a, a road. I mean, who cares, but find a road, find a hill, find something, uh, to where you can get those those muscles those muscle groups something involved. outdoors definitely yeah. outside do it, do it outside if you can outside the gym I mean try to just walk on any kind of hill you have just rough terrain where you're slipping you're almost falling just put some weight on that's the best way to train for this country for hunting out west in my opinion oh absolutely um, now for those who maybe this spring is the first time they're tackling bear hunting um, what are your tips on on um deciding boar uh, on on being able to tell the difference between boar and sow well i mean first off a sow never has a big square head you know she's always gonna have a narrow head with tall ears so that's one deciding factor i've seen in the fall where they're they're fat you know but in the most part they have longer legs they're they're small older bear i mean 90 percent of the time i have killed some big sows but if she has a narrow head Real tall ears, and that's a telltale sign that's usually a sow or a young bear. And a lot of those older sows are only 150 pounds still, 175 around here. I've killed them 300 plus that I thought was a boar and was really surprised, but very rarely does a sow get that big. Usually if she has constant cubs where she never gets shot or she's on baits eating baits constantly where she always has cubs is where one year she doesn't have cubs, that's when they end up getting shot mistaken for a boar basically right um now and maybe this is a loaded question because the mountains are are uh, you know here in kansas and and oklahoma and and these midwestern states we have such a, a at least property managers have such a strict management process and they want to keep a certain buck to doe ratio um do you right. strive and i know that's such a hard question in the mountains but do you strive to keep anything like that as far as, as, as boar to sow ratios or anything? Well, it's the same with like lions. Like I literally don't, we don't shoot females when it comes to lion hunting. Uh, all of the, I mean, most every outfitter does, but 
the last three years I haven't, it's because I'm trying to see what happens. Like I had seven females in one drainage and it's bringing all these big toms in there. So I, I know that's working as far as sows. We try not to shoot any sows. I mean, gotcha. they're, they're what, if we do, it's no big deal. It's an accident, but I mean, you're basically targeting boar only. Right. Now, what is your, uh, for the same person who, who, which I understand springtime, there's a lot of turkey hunters and I have right. often said, why would I turkey hunt, uh, when I can go hunt bears <laughs> or why right. would I turkey hunt when I can hunt hogs? Um, yep. but I understand there's a lot of turkey hunters, but for those who are, uh, looking for something new in the springtime, bear is such an incredible experience. Would highly recommend you to check it out um, and, and give it a shot. Give it a chance. Idaho really is a pretty cheap place to hunt as well. Uh, I mean, what is it? Two hundred and fifty bucks for your tags and licenses? Yeah, it's very cheap. Yeah, I mean that's that's not a whole lot of money. Um, I don't rate guys, their prices, and they're still half of what most states are. Oh yeah, I mean even Oklahoma now, which Oklahoma's producing some pretty, some pretty good bears. Uh, but even Oklahoma now you're looking at like 700, 800 bucks for a, for a bear hunt. And I'm like, are you serious? I can drive to Idaho and hunt them for two fifty, Um, and then I get to, to be in Idaho. You know, I get to go around the mountains. I get to, exactly. I get to be in, in the mountains, not in Oklahoma. Um, but no, it's a, it's a phenomenal place to hunt. And I'm telling you, like, we went to National Forest. We went to Idaho National Forest. I'm sorry, Boise National Forest. And uh, so we drove up there, 250 bucks, and we were hunting bears. And and like I said, we weren't successful. Uh, we had one shot at a bear, um, and I blew it. Um, but we had one shot at a bear. We saw bears. I mean, it was a phenomenal trip. And yeah, you look at – you look at fun. Yeah, I mean, of course, with gas prices now, it's going to cost me four thousand dollars to drive up there. But um, no, right. you're still you're still on a incredible hunt, an awesome experience. Um, you know, sub a thousand bucks for travel yeah. and and food and getting there. Sub a thousand dollars, you're on a phenomenal hunt. It's an amazing place to hunt. I mean, you can fish this time of year, so you get a three day fishing license with your with your hunting license. So I always set it up where it's the last three days of their hunt. So they can fish for bass. You can go fish for sturgeon right here, fish for salmon. Pretty neat place. That's exactly what we did. Um, now we didn't <clears throat> really, the only thing we were catching was, was brook trout, but still a phenomenal experience. Um, there's nothing like, I, I'll tell you what, man, I love to trout fish. Like trout fishing is one of my passions and there is nothing like catching trout in that water in the mountains and you're just looking around you and it's just, Oh my gosh, it's beautiful. beautiful country. The only thing that would have made it better. It was my absolute dream to be reeling in a trout and like, look over and see a bear in the Creek. Like that would have been awesome. That was yeah, like my dream. That's how it is in Alaska. Trying to reel those fish in. Bears are stealing them from me. Yeah. It doesn't no have bear off, but I've seen a lot of bear while I was fishing. Yeah. Now that but was, here, you can fish out of the boat here in the river and do your spot and stock. You can, basically find bears while you're fishing out of the boat a lot now of guys that would that be really here. cool that would be awesome and then they'll they do a spot and stop they park the boat pull over hike up you know to see if they can get close with a bow i mean your success rate's a lot lower with the bow but it is when you're hunting any animal that's the whole idea of bow hunting you know it's a challenge yeah no i uh i have one i want to it's my it's my dream now to shoot a bear in idaho with my recurve don't care if it's over bait don't care if it's spot and stock, but 
Um, I, that's what I want to do now. That'd be a challenge for sure. But now, what is uh? We can make that happen. I can make that happen for you. I'll be there in a minute. Actually, I'll be there. I think it's about twenty four hours, but I'll be there. Uh, Better late now. Yeah. What is a uh, so for spot and stock? Spot and stock bears in the mountains, spring bears. What's your number one tip? I mean, basically, you're going to want to have a spot scope. Find the bear, see where he's going. If you find him before dark, do the same thing in the morning. So those are kind of patterned this time of year. So if you watch him the night before and he goes over to, you know, he feeds across that hill, goes to a certain point, just plan on being at that point the next day. I mean, do your homework basically on him. Had I would have done that, had I would have done that, I wouldn't have blew the shot that I took. Um, and, and it was the perfect scenario, dude. Sun was going down. Um, you know, it was one of those deals where we're like, we got a few minutes to make this happen. And we spotted right. the bear like 1200 yards away. And we run across this mountain. Um, like, you know, by the time you get over there, you traveled, you know, a mile, but anyways, yeah, we run across exactly. this mountain. There's like minutes left of shooting light. And we got to 200 yards. I had my bow. Um, and the guy I was hunting with was like, dude, we're not getting any closer than this tonight. Here's the bow or here's the gun. And I took a shot. Turns off the gun was off. Uh, the scope was off, but, uh, anyhow, Damn. I didn't make the shot. And had we have just sat there and watched where the bear went because it yep. wasn't far from camp at all. Uh, we could have simply came back the next morning and put a game plan together and probably done it with a bow. Um, I learned that lesson the hard way. Yeah. That time of year, they're not. They're not traveling a lot until it really warms up and the sows come into heat. And then those boars are unpredictable. It's like the rut, you know, it's just like a buck the yeah. truck. You don't know where he's going to show up, where he's going to be. You can't really pattern them. But early on like that, they're not traveling far. If you see it that night right there, you're most likely going to see that bear the next day in the same spot. Yeah. I wish I would have known that then, uh, but I know it now. So um, I learned it the hard way. What's your number one tip for baiting bears in the spring? How to hunt bears over bait in the spring? Main thing is just start early. Just train those bears for two weeks before you hunt that bait. Put it, you can put cameras on it, powder them a little bit, but two weeks is kind of my rule before. If I don't have two weeks for the baiting, I don't hunt that spot with hunters. Very just good. I haven't powdered them enough. I haven't trained them enough. And I'd rather, you know, the success rate's really high, 100%, like I said. I should say 99.9, but <laughs> 99.9 anyway, for the guys who whiff it. <laughs> yeah well there's guys yeah you know can't get well, it done, too I don't know what doing. well i have a lot of guys that that come they come every year i have a group that this will be their seventh year hunting with me and they have a, a specific color they want so you know they might sit there for three or four days and they have a video of eight ten nine you know whole pile of bear on their phone i'm like wow i didn't shoot that one no i don't want that color they come back to camp show me all these videos and pictures Wow, that's a beautiful bear. Well, I didn't want that color this year. So it's kind of cool to have the ability to do that. <laughs> I got news for you, dude. I'm the type, if it's a bear, I'm shooting it. <laughs> <laughs> There's a lot of guys that way, which that's fine. It's your hunt, you know. And now, you, you, you do that twice, two, three times, you come back, you're like, well, now I'm going to be picky. Exactly. Exactly. Yeah. Um, I, I would say that. And like you said, black bears are black bears are even more rare there than color phase. However, I've shot black. And so if I saw a black, I probably wouldn't shoot it um, just because I want a different color. 
But at that point, dude, if it's anything other than black, it's getting an arrow through it. Yeah. <laughs> well, that's the thing. It's those blonde ones. They don't get real big because when they do come in and somebody, they get shot. People see those blonde bears. It's for those oh, yeah. really bright colored blonde ones. It's hard to get a real big blonde one because they get shot, which yeah. they're just beautiful. It's a really rare color. We have quite a few. The one spot that I hunt, there's always two or three or four of them each season there. Another spot I hunt, I never see them. Yeah. So that tells me a little, it's got to be genetic too. Yeah, absolutely. It, it does. I mean, that's why there's, there's whole areas that they never see a color phase. I mean, um, it, it's got to be. Now, what is, I've heard a lot of dispute about this. And one outfitter, I argued with him till I was blue in the face about shot placement on a bear. Um, where do you tell your, your clients to shoot? Well, I mean, a bear, you want quartering away and slip that arrow in there as far as I tell them to shoot behind the shoulder. I mean, basically a long shot or if they're shooting a rifle right through the shoulder. Yeah. Well, I had, uh, I had one guy and, and, you know, you've heard the, the term shoot the middle of the middle. Um, yeah. and, and I was going into this with that in mind. And of course I was bow hunting and this, this outfitter fought me to us blue in the face and said, dude, you can't, you, you'll blah, blah, this and that uh, you have to wait until the shoulders forward. You have to slip in there as tight as you can. You have to do this. I said, okay, you know, whatever you think. Um, and, and of course anyways, but so I, I go into this, I shoot this bear middle of the middle. Um, and I, I mean, I punch his heart out. And I, I was a little far forward I, as far as being in the middle of the bear, and I punch his heart out, and uh, and I get back, and he said, "Well, by all, dude, you shot that thing just about perfect." And I said, "Yeah," and I did not, you know, have to wait for his shoulder to come forward, and I did not have to, you know, play the shoulder game and tuck it as tight in there as I could. Um, anyway, so that's why I was curious. I've 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 heard a lot of arguing over that. Well, I think it's everybody's worried about that the shoulder, the bending. They're hitting that shoulder if the leg's not forward. But it's just like any other animal. I think quartering away, that's supposed to you can slip that arrow in there better. A hundred percent. But I don't tell them to shoot any different than anything else. Honestly, I mean, I don't want to yeah. get in their head. So he he got in your head by doing that to you. He got in your head a little bit and messed with your head as far as your shot placement. 100%. I don't want to do that to a bow hunter. I don't want to get in their head and mess with their shot placement. A hundred percent. Um, have you ever had anybody shoot one standing up on their hind legs in the chest? Um, I've actually shot one that way. The chest oh. shot, it, it was running with hounds and it stood up and it was spinning around to look at the hounds that were coming. I'd been running it all day and I was tired of running it. And I wasn't, I didn't plan on shooting the bear, but I shot the bear to end the race basically. <laughs> I shot it in the chest. And <laughs> the, the whole idea of shooting the chest is. The bullet seems to deflect left or right. It doesn't ever like to go straight in. So we shoot a lot of them in the chest that are treed, and it's a horrible shot, I think. It's really? one of the worst. Yeah. It, I don't know why, but so you're shooting straight into bone. As soon as you hit bone, it seems to deflect left or right. It's happened to me. I, I can't count the amount of times. So it's probably my least favorite shot on a bear. I have a, uh, uh, it's from Delta McKenzie. It's a standing black bear target in my backyard. And, uh, I love shooting that target and my son has pumped that thing full of BBs with his BB gun. But anyway, um, yeah, I'm shooting it too. Yeah. Ever since uh, I saw that video of, and you've probably seen it, it was incredibly famous, but, 
uh, Fred bear shooting that bear in the chest, in the, in the chest yeah. as it stood up. And I'm like, God, oh, I want to do that now. Yeah. It's just, I don't recommend it. I've done it and it's worked, but I've seen it go bad quite a few times. I bet. I bet. Um, so number one tip overall, like for, if, for somebody who's never hunted bears, um, what's your number, or maybe they've never hunted out West. That could be a big tip too. Um, what's your number one tip for somebody, uh, a either heading out West for the first time or chasing bears for the first time. I mean, you're going to want to, the main tactic, you're going to glass, you're going to get up on ridges and glass. You're going to do a lot of glass and you don't, you're not going to know where to put baits. So you're going to want to find bear. Say you're going to come back the next year. If you want to bait, you're going to want to find some bear first, cover a bunch of ground, do a lot of glassing, you know, early morning, midday, you're not going to see shit normally. Yeah. But I mean, right before dark, if it's really hot, you only got a couple hours before they, when they come out. So as far as bow hunting them, like I said, try to do your homework, watch them, pattern them a little bit, and then try to put yourself in front of them the next day. Perfect, man. Perfect tip. Uh, yeah, we spent a lot of time behind um, spotting scopes. I would highly recommend you, uh, if you're heading out west for the first time, I would highly recommend you to invest in a good set of optics. Um, yeah, be it binoculars or a spotter, uh, everybody who listens to this knows I'm a fan of Koa. Um, thanks to SNS Archery, but um, everybody knows I'm a fan of Koa. Invest in a good pair of optics. Uh, and I would even say just as important as the optics is the tripod that it's on. Uh, because if you're looking through a, a shaky tripod all day, um, it sucks. Like you're, you'll be miserable. Um, so invest in a good pair of optics, invest in a good tripod. And it will, it, it will make you more successful if you take the time yeah, to do it. That's how we hunt. I mean, as an outfitter, that's how we hunt. 90% of the stuff is optics, just glass, 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 constantly glassing. It's, it's open here. So we know where the, we know where the animals are supposed to be. We're going to glass those spots. If they're not there, we're going to go to the next spot. We're going to, we're going to look till we find them. And that's kind of how you have to hunt out West is, you know, the animals are there. Just keep glassing. Keep looking until you find them. Absolutely. Um, guys, before we go, let me give a quick thank you to our friends over at Season Report. Um, Season Report is, in my opinion, one of the very best tools that a hunter can buy. Uh, you can get on, uh, you create your account, and you save the areas that you hunt down to the county. Um, and it will give you everything that you need to know about hunting in that county. Um, state rules, laws, regulations, bag limits, and you can even view everything in a calendar view as far as when hunting seasons overlap, uh, which is a big thing for me because being a strictly 99% uh, of what I do being bow hunting, I need to see when those rifle seasons overlap. So I know when I, as a bow hunter, need to be wearing orange. Um, season Report is a phenomenal tool for planning out your hunts. I would highly recommend everybody to go check them out, especially if you hunt in multiple states a year. Um, but even if you don't, you know, sometimes that's the, the worst situation is when you've hunted the same County your entire life. And then you never even think to check the rules because they've been the same since you were born one random year, they change it. And then you're stuck in trouble. So I would highly recommend you to invest in seasonreport.com. It's literally 10 bucks a year. Um, and you can use code, you can use code hunting one one in all caps to make that just $10 a year. I would highly recommend you check it out. Waylon, thank you so much for coming on, man. I appreciate it. I can't wait yeah. to hopefully one day get to Idaho and hunt with you, man. Yeah, you will. Guys, I would highly recommend you 
uh, go, go check out Idaho. Like if you've never hunted in Idaho, uh, just make it a plan. Like just say, see you, honey, I'm going to Idaho for a week yep. and go hunt Idaho. It's cheap. It's gorgeous. It's a fun place to hunt. Go check it out. Check out Ace Outfitters. Check us out on Instagram, Facebook. What's your website? Where can they find you at? It's www.aceoutfitters.com. But we have an Instagram page. We got a Facebook page. We put a lot of videos on Instagram every day. Yeah, that's kind of where my uh, I stumbled upon your page, and I'm like, oh, bears. And then I was like, I got to talk to him about bear hunting. Uh, I've I've just developed this like bear hunting addiction. I don't know why. Like I take a lot of guys every year that just love. I mean, that's the thing they do. I mean, they love deer hunting, elk hunting, that kind of stuff, but bear hunting's their thing. That's great. I can make what, that happen. What do you think that I was supposed to wrap this up, but now I don't want to. What do you think the draw? What what is the what's the draw? Like what's the addiction of it? Well, for me personally, like hunting predators is just they're harder to hunt. It just it's a challenge. So hard hunting predators is just it, they're cool animals and they're hard to hunt. So it makes it a challenge. A lot of people love that. I, I just like the fact that it could kill me, you know? Yeah. Not to say it's a predator, it's a dangerous animal. It's gonna guys sit on those baits and bears are coming in actually behind them. They're coming in all around. They got a bear chasing another bear off a bait. It's just it's an exciting, it's a different kind of hunt. And it's, it's always, just, always a little bit scared of them, of course. So that makes yeah. it fun. It's also just incredible to watch the way bears act. Like yeah. they act like no other species. I mean, to see a bear stand up and scratch his back on a on a limb phenomenal like it's just cool it's it's cool to watch them you know pick up a cub in their mouth and carry it like it's just really cool to watch bears interact and see like i told you the guys that i have that come all the time that's what they do they love watching these bears they'll sit there for five six hours a day and not shoot one and just record all these bears a bear coming in you know he lifts his head up looks around he runs off well a bigger one's coming in maybe he'll come in and chase that one around the circle I mean, just the things that you see, they'll chase that one up a tree. I've had them come up the same tree that the hunters are sitting there. They have videos and pictures. Just the stuff they get to see, it's just amazing just to watch them. You don't get to do that a lot, you know? I'm glad you said that because I've always wondered. You see these videos of dudes like, and the bear will be above their shoulder, like playing with their tree stand straps or something. What do you recommend in that situation? Bear chased it. What was that? Sorry. What do you recommend in that situation? I mean, it's not going to try to bite you. Once it realizes you're there, it's going to get out of there. I mean, I've had them come up the tree. They realize you're there. They want to go down, but a bigger bear chased them up there. So they're not sure what to do, but you just say, Hey, Hey, you know, get out of here. They'll usually leave. They're more scared of you than you are. Yeah. I, and I tell people like this, um, somebody's like, well, I don't want to scare it. Like I'll startle it and then it'll come at me. And I'm like, no, you're thinking grizzlies. Like, yeah, that's no. a grizzly. Grizzly wants to kill you just to show its dominancy. Like grizzly exactly. wants to come at you just to show you it's the biggest, baddest thing in the woods. Uh, a black bear is only going to come at you if it's starving to death and needs food. Yeah. It's more like a park bear that's been fed by humans. Like that way they're associating humans with food. Those are the dangerous bears, those park bears. But I mean, for the most part, these bears want anything to do with you. Yeah. I made the mistake of taking my wife um, to Maine with me. I shouldn't say mistake. Love you, babe. Um, but I, I took my wife to Maine. I was like, babe, I'm going on a bear hunt in Maine. And she's like, are you serious? You're always gone. You're always hunting. And I'm like, well, listen, sweetheart, uh, I want you to come. And she's like, I'm not going on a hunt with you. And I'm like, well, come on. I'm like, listen, we get to drive through Boston. Uh, I'll take you to Salem Witch Trials. 
we get to drive Niagara Falls. We'll go to, you know, New York City. Like, we'll do all this cool stuff. Yeah. Do all this cool stuff on the way up. And uh, she's like, okay. And so we get there night one. Like, we hear a twig, like, crack. And I'm like, she freaks out. And I'm like, sweetheart, listen, if you hear it, it's probably not a bear. Like, if you hear it, you know, making a lot of noise, it's probably a squirrel or a chipmunk or something. Because they're dead quiet. They have a giant padded foot. They don't make much noise. You stare at a bank for two hours, nothing happens. Guys will sit there and stare at their phone, play games on their phone. They can just look up and they just appear out of nowhere. They don't make much noise. I'll tell you what what blew my mind. Um, So last night, it it took me five days to kill one. And it was the last night and it was coming down to the wire. Um, And things had heated up for, for the last night. I'd saw a lot of bears, but right at dark. And I was literally looking down every 10 seconds, just checking my phone to make sure it's still legal shooting light, looking down, checking it, looking down, checking it. And there was no bears anywhere to be seen. I looked down and check it and just long enough to look back up and there was a bear on the bait. And I'm like, what the heck? And, and I literally, I was under a minute of shooting light left legally and I shot the bear. It was phenomenal. That's cool. Well, they just, they come in so slow because they're cautious. That they're, they're trying to see what's on the bait. If there's a sow cub or a big boar that chased them off or they just come in so silent and cautious that they just appear and you get trained in at staring at something else. You get so used to staring at the bait that it's, it's always a surprise when they show up, which is good. Yeah. What is the, uh, what's the biggest bear you've seen killed out there? Uh, we've killed some that were 400 pounds, but I mean, that's, that's rare for Idaho. An average yeah. bear here is 175, 200, 250 is a really good bear out here. What is the, uh, what's the, uh, best state to kill big bears? Like not, not necessarily the most bears, but the biggest bears. That's all back East stuff. I mean, Pennsylvania, I think is, that's the yeah. biggest bears, in my yeah. opinion, but that's, it just depends on the style, the style of hunting you want to do out yeah. West. Everybody comes out here because it's a whole different style of hunting. You know, everybody likes this style of hunting. If you want a color phase, this is a place to come and. Spot and stock, it's the place to come. I mean, running hounds, it's really fun. But the color face thing is what really draws people to Idaho. And just the mountains, like Yeah, the country. It's a beautiful country. I mean, when you think when I think hunting bears, I don't want to be in somebody's backyard. Like, I'm sorry. No. You know what I mean? I, I don't want to be sitting twenty yards from somebody's pool right here when I'm shooting bear. I want to be yeah. out in the mountains. Yeah, literally where I hunt. We we do a camp. So we do a tent camp. We're literally two hours from Riggins, which it's a town of 400 people. I mean, you're, there's nobody around. You're in the middle of nowhere over hunting bears. That's awesome. That's incredible. Um, Waylon, thank you so much for coming on guys. I would highly recommend you go check out ACE outfitters. Um, seem to, to have it all together. Um, and the only way you're not going to shoot a bear is if you suck. Um, so go check out (laughs) Waylon at ACE outfitters, Instagram, Facebook, aceoutfitters.com. Go check them out. Guys, thanks for listening. Good luck this spring, whether you kill a turkey, whether you kill some hogs, whether you kill some bears, make sure and shoot them over to me in an email. I would love to share in your success. But guys, thanks for listening. Y'all have a great week.